Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Cato Institute on Thursday of this week held a virtual conference with experts on chronic pain. We haven't talked about chronic pain patients for some time. And opioid pain medication. Now, the Cato Institute's focus is on the manner in which chronic pain patients are being increasingly refused their long-prescribed opioid medications and driven to despair and, in some cases, to suicide. And this includes cancer patients not being given their meds. Dr. Jeffrey Singer is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, member of the Board of Scientific Advisors of the American Council on Science and Health. Dr. Singer, good to have you on the show. Well, thank you for having me. And Kate Nicholson has been on this program many times, civil rights lawyer, served in the United States Department of Justice for 20-plus years, nationally recognized expert on Americans with the Disabilities Act, and Kate is a former chronic pain patient herself. Hi, Kate. Hi, Roy. Nice to good, with you. Good to, good to speak with you again. Uh, let's start with, uh, with, with this question. I'll put it to both of you. Is the situation improving or regressing for chronic pain patients in the United States. And by the situation, I mean the patients getting the pain medication, the opioid pain medication they've been prescribed and need to deal with the agony they live in. Dr. Singer, is it getting better or is it getting worse? It's uh, getting worse. Uh, and the current uh, you know, problems that we've had, uh, the, the current uh, COVID pandemic has actually aggravated the situation. Because of the uh, restrictions uh, placed by various states on the the number and dosage of opioids that can be prescribed to patients and the surveillance going on both by federal and state law enforcement of these uh, drug, uh, these prescription surveillance monitoring boards, uh, lots and lots of doctors are finding themselves uh, under very close scrutiny and getting arrested for what at least law enforcement considers improper prescribing of pain medicine. Of course, we have a situation basically where law enforcement is... Uh, practicing medicine without a license. This has caused so many doctors to be uh, afraid they were going to lose their license or worse, that many doctors are no longer seeing patients with pain or uh, uh, cutting back their patients' pain medication doses uh, dramatically, even though uh, their patients have been well-managed on uh, with their pain medicine before. Uh, and then it's being uh, exacerbated by the uh, pandemic because uh, in many states, uh, what's considered non-essential medical practices ordered closed, both elective surgical procedures, some of which involve treating pain, and also just elective kind of medical practice. So a lot of pain management clinics are closed, and this is leaving patients without a doctor, and a lot right. of them are really desperate out there. Yeah, they are. So, Kate, this sounds very much like what you and I have spoken about for years and uh, what patients are going through in the United States and in Canada. During the pandemic, uh, things have clearly gotten worse for pain patients. So, Kate, the question is, and we've talked about this before, but let's raise it. Do governments and medical bureaucracies care about chronic pain patients and the agony they live with? Do they even understand, because you're a former attorney general, uh, Mr. Sessions, and Canada's Prime Minister Trudeau have spoken inanely and stupidly and uninformedly about uh, what chronic pain is. So, do they know? Do they care? I, I would say that um, in general, uh, it is very misunderstood, a stigmatized and beleaguered population, even more so because it has been erroneously blamed for spawning uh, a drug overdose crisis. Really, that blame has gone to, to pain patients who are now being fairly equally discarded as 
liabilities uh, by physicians who fear regulatory oversight. Um, we've had several bad studies in the last year come down about forced tapering, um, doctors who are taking people down on, on or off of their medication, um, often against their better medical judgment because of their concerns about regulatory oversight. Um, I do think this is getting in many ways worse. I just heard from a patient um, who uh, got a fill-in-the-blank letter um, that said, due to the increasing demands and changing nature and the changing nature of primary care, we will no longer manage chronic pain. And pay- this is happening to patients who use and don't use opioids with chronic pain. There were a few studies in the last year suggesting that 40% of primary care doctors in the United States uh, won't take on a new patient who uses opioids. And another study suggesting 81% are reluctant to. Um, and as Dr. Singer mentioned, you know, COVID-19 has really complicated the scenario uh, for people. Uh, Pay News Network did a survey uh, both in Canada and the United States, uh, and many patients wrote back saying that they were hanging on by a thread. Um, now, there is a little bit of good news. The CDC, as you know, in this country did, uh, after some of us met with them and, and really pushed them, um, come up with a correction saying that its guideline uh, sort of had been misapplied by the states. Um, so that was the beginning, and they are in the process of reformulating guidelines. And some of that reformulation, which uh, because the CDC guidelines also very much affected the Canadian guidelines, but um, you know some of the provinces in Canada are also making changes um, that may may help patients. But um, you know it, it, it felt very much you know in terms of patient patients' real lives. Uh, like too little, too late, and nothing much has been done yeah. um, in the interim. So uh, it's still a very bad situation out there. I hear it is. people who are acutely suicidal every day. Yeah, well, uh, and, and I've spoken with people who are suicidal. We had a 60-year-old uh, Canadian uh, who attempted suicide uh, on the air not long ago, and his wife was the one who stopped the suicide attempt. It's terrible, the, the situation that people are put into, and, and all they're doing is they're just living with horrendous pain and their patients and they're supposed to get their medication and because doctors are fearful of losing their licenses they're reacting the way they are and patients are dying uh dr singer it's not an overstatement to say that this is causing people to commit suicide right what's happening to these oh, patients no, it's, it's causing them to commit suicide first, uh, first of all there's there have been a lot of you know documented uh, stories about people who have uh, taken their own lives because of, uh, of their pain and their feeling of isolation. You know, when you're in pain, uh, oftentimes uh, leads to depression. Uh, your immobilization from pain keeps you isolated. Isolation furthers your depression. Now you add to that that people are being asked to shelter in place, and many people have already been isolated are now being isolated even further. And and. Uh, uh, you know, not even having a lot of human contact. It, it's uh, it, there's there's a lot of reason to believe that suicides are increasing right now, particularly among pain, pain patients. And we have we're talking about literally, Kate. We're talking literally about millions of people in both Canada and the United States who are chronic pain patients. We're talking about millions of patients who are living with chronic pain, and we're also talking about cancer patients who are denied opioid pain medication to deal with their pain which is really, it's become what, uh, well, Human Rights Watch is making it clear, that in their view, it's a human rights violation. Yeah, that's correct. It, it, you know, there are 50 million people in America who live with pain every day of their lives or nearly every day. 
Uh, 40 million have severe pain. Almost 20 million have disabling pain or pain that prevents them from engaging in the most basic of life activities. You know, those numbers uh, are reflected in Canada as well. Uh, it is a huge number. And somewhere between 8 to 13 million in the United States use opioids to manage pain. And they are now, in addition to uh, sort of suffering pain that isn't well treated, they're now having their medications denied in uh, and sometimes very dangerous ways. Um, so we are talking about an extraordinarily large group of people um, yeah, who are essentially dismissed. And, and really, it is a violation of not only human rights, of the, of the Americans with Disabilities Act to refuse to see a patient on the basis of their medical condition. These are very clearly human rights and civil rights violations in many cases. Um, but uh, they're not getting the attention they deserve, given given the severity of the pain. And no. I know you understand, right, because your wife had cancer. You know what it's like to yes, have someone in very serious pain. Yeah. Yeah. If I could jump and, in, uh, Roy, as, as a, uh, I'm also a practicing physician, so I could also see uh, it from the physician's angle, which is they're afraid. Um, many uh, physicians uh, feel terrible because they they felt very comfortable treating uh, these patients in pain mm-hmm. and wanting to continue to treat them in pain, but they're, they're reading every day of horror stories about their sure. colleagues uh, going to prison or uh, at least uh, getting... Uh, you know, Dr. Singer, Dr. Singer, we, we, I'm sorry, we only have about a minute left here, but yeah. when you think about what you just said, we're talking about millions of people who are living in, uh, in various states of disrepair because of chronic pain, some horribly so, and the doctors who treat them with the medication that is readily available and helps them, some of them go to jail for taking care of their patients. It is bizarre beyond comprehension. Yeah, I think it, I think it's criminal, actually. It is criminal. This is, uh, yeah. you know, a very basically the, the, this uh, um, um, prejudice against a particular class of drug that obviously has a lot to do with just biases and moral moralizing has uh, led to people who are not doctors interfering, basically law enforcement and politicians interfering with the way doctors and right. patients uh, interact in the treatment of, of uh, patients. I thank you both for coming on. I hope you'll come back. I'll never forget the conversation I had with uh, um, a widow and an orphan in Vermont. Uh, they lost their husband and father. He went into the backyard, took a forty-five caliber revolver, and shot himself in the head because he'd been denied pain medication repeatedly and he could no longer live with the agony. Kate, Dr. Singer, thank you so much. We'll talk again. Thank you very much. Thank you, Roy. All the best. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.